It, it is such a privilege to be here this morning and to share with you the Word of God. And I'm praying that what you hear is not my words, which are quite poor in English, by, but God's words, which can communicate very well with every heart, with everyone, and uh, He can do uh, everything which is necessary for our, uh, the, our life, for uh, growing in Christ. So let me share with you why we are here. We came, of course, to help Anka and Samuel with uh, the newborn, but uh, mainly uh, we decide to do this with every grandson uh, because the Bible tells in Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So we collected all our treasures in Romania and we brought here because we have to leave an inheritance to our children's children. Of course, they are not in the form of material things. We came here to bless, to be a blessing and to share the Word of God with them. See, there are three major mandates God gave to man all over the, his existence. First one, it's in Genesis chapter 1. When God created man, he chose to bless them. And look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So God blessed the first couple on the earth and asked to grow and to multiply in number and to uh, control, to gain control of everything on the earth. The second major mandate is when God chose Abraham. He asked Abraham to leave uh, his home city and to go in another place uh, for uh, God chose for him this place. And look with me in Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. I, God speak, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generation to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. That's the second covenant, and that's the priesthood. God chose a man, especially the father of the house, to be priest, to be priest of the house, and to lead the whole house in the worship of God and to lead everyone in knowledge of God. And the third mandate, major mandate, God chose to give to them people on the earth is the mandate of discipleship. 
It's in Matthew chapter 28, last three verses. Let's look on Matthew chapter 28. It's verse 19 and 20, or 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven or, and on the earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disi disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I, com I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So these are three major mandates God chose to give to the human uh, existing, existence of, of, the, of the earth. Mandate of creation and the blessing, mandate of priesthood and the blessing, and the mandate of discipleship and the blessing. And all three starts with the blessing and all three end with the blessing. Because if we fulfill God's plan with us, we'll grow in uh, changing our uh, face to be according to his face. We'll be more like Jesus in our lives. So today we are dealing with the first mandate, the mandate of creation. The mandate when God chose to bless Adam and Eve in the garden and to ask them to grow. The whole Bible, it's uh, full, as you hear in the Deuteronomy chapter 6, the whole Bible is full with the teachings for the parents to teach their children. See, the people in the church now um, changed a little bit this proportion. On a Wednesday, when we discuss about uh, home groups, somebody asked me, what about the children? Have they also to be with a group, with a home group? And I say, yes, of course, it's normal. It's a home group and the home group means everyone. Today we make a kind of separation. We adults and children. And this happens also when uh, some uh, parents brought their children to Jesus. And the uh, disciples say, no, no, no. Jesus is a very big teacher and he's uh, busy. And the children, they, they will turn their time, his time. But uh, when Jesus here said, let the, them come, let them come, and he blessed them. You can see this in Mark chapter 10. But Jesus has time for children. And it, what it's specially, you can see the Bible has always time for Jesus. If you turn back to the Deuteronomy chapter 6, where uh, our brother Bob read. And I'll ask you to put some marks on your Bible, to underline some words. It's verse 5. And underline the verb 
love, love the Lord. That's probably the first requirement for a Christian, love. Then you go to verse 6. In verse 6, underline upon. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. And underline this. And then verse 7. I like uh, the, the, verse here, the verb here in verse 7. Underline impress. And then verse 12. And underline do not forget. They are a growing way how God reveals. First, love the God. Then, keep the commandments. Then, impress on your children. And then, when things will become very fruitful in the new country, do not forget that God provides everything. This is something special, and uh, when you, as parents, deal with the idea of teaching, don't forget that God provides everything. Come, join with me this morning, and we'll read the scripture from Psalm 78, and we'll read first uh, seven verses. The psalm is quite long, but first seven verses, uh, there will be uh, enough to understand what God wants to teach us. Psalm 78. Oh, my people, hear my teaching. Listen, listen to the words of my mouth. I'll open my mouth in parables. I'll utter hidden things, things from the old. What we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, will not hide them from their children. We'll tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. He decreed status for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the child, children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Amen. Let me ask where is the best place to teach a child? If I'll take a line of 168 inches, that's the number of hours in a week. And I would cut only two inches of this, the number of the hours the children are here in the Sunday school. What will remain? The longest time children spend home, at home, in the school, or sleeping. 
where we can mostly influence the children. Here at the Sunday school, just two of 168 at home. The best place to influence the children is at home. And here in the Psalm 78, uh, it shocked me when I heard verse 4, which start, will not hide them from their children. The verb hide in verse 4 has a very specific meaning. It is uh, a verb when is required when you go to the judge and judge asks you to not hide anything from what you've seen. And uh, we, we can see this verb in uh, the Bible when uh, Joshua asked Achan, what you are hiding? Where is the sin? Or Eli, the priest, when Samuel dreamed. And Samuel came before the Eli, the priest, and said, tell me the whole truth. Don't hide anything from what God has spoken to you. And Asaph, the, the writer, of this, writer of this psalm, uh, say, will not hide anything. Because probably the, the, the normal way of life, normal temptation of uh, uh, an adult is to hide something. I'm putting my things on my, my, uh, where we, we stay in the Anka's house. And uh, when Ezra enters into the, the room, we try to keep aside or to hide some precious things or some things he can uh, damage and to try to hide. And we usually communicate this way to, to, to children. And once I said, it's hard for them just to hear, no, 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 no. We try to, to live in our, li in our uh, life of, as adults and create another life as for children. And we try to hide, oh, these things are very high, are very important, are very theological. We'll, we'll hide from them until they will understand. And the psalm here said, will not hide. And I'm going to share with you this morning three areas of the teachings you have not hide from your children. The first one, all three are in, the verse, in verse 4. First one is, I will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. To tell this, it's uh, probably something very, very, very unusual. But as I'm taking uh, the babies, in my arms over the day. What I'm doing when uh, Lucas or Ezra is in my arms, do you know? I'm singing. All the time. I took them and I start to sing. Do they understand? Do they communicate somehow back about this? Nothing. But I continue 
I continue to sing. Because what children have to know, they have to know at first the praise, the worship we have for our God, for our Creator. First of all, he, they have to understand they, that our God is an amazing God. And our God is a God who, who has to be worshipped. See, the beginning of Psalms say, I'll talk something from the old, something from the previous generation. Our forefathers told us, dear brothers and sisters, Dear friends, to sing God's praises is nothing old. It's nothing uh, from old times. It's normal. It's something God asks us. And I'm, I'm encouraging all the parents, sing all the day. Sing in the presence of children. They will hear us singing and will ask at the beginning a question, why our parents are singing so much? They have, they have something so precious. And they will understand. They will look for what is so precious for our, our uh, parents. If we will not do this, probably... They will not see the evidence of God in our lives. They will see kind of Christianity for Sundays or for celebration, but not for daily. And singing and praising the God, it's something they can see as a living, a daily Christianity. The second uh, Issue, the second area of teaching is also in verse 4. I will tell the next generation his power. This is what really can be called faith. His power. Today it's a tendency, not only for the children, but for everyone. Children especially, when you discuss about the power. My dad is the powerful. My car, oh, even adults sometimes they say, my car is so powerful, my iPad or my everything is powerful. Everyone is it's looking for something to be powerful. Do you know that we have God, which is all-powerful. And the children have to know this day by day. When your ch child is sick, what you are doing first? You are grabbing some medicine or you are taking the hand of the child Put on your knees, both of them, and say, Dear Father, we need your power in our home now to be released, to be known. And let your 
children. Know the God of power. If otherwise, if you try to uh, solve the problem outside of the power of God, children will grow knowing that everyone individually have to solve the problems. And they will not go to the power of God. They have to see the parents first. And then they will uh, understand. See, the two or three children uh, of uh, the parents of Moses, when they pass the Dead Sea, the Red Sea, uh, they start to sing. And I'm, I'll quote from Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. They say, The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I'll prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and, will, and I will exalt him. He is my strength and my song. And thirdly, here in verse 4, I'll teach my children the wonders. Oh, we are 21st century. What wonders? Have you experienced some wonders in your life. It's a time now for wonders. Did do God still make wonders now? Yes. And your children have to see them happening one after another in your life. They have to go through the experience. This is probably the reason uh, that God gave us children to grow them. Because they have to go with their parents through the experience. I'll tell you uh, an experience from our uh, life at the beginning of our marriage. We've got some money from uh, our wedding celebration. And uh, in uh, the village where my wife lived, my, her parents lived, uh, they want to buy a house, a building, to be uh, dedicated as, as a building for the church. And uh, the people were quite poor at uh, that time in Romania. And so we, we, uh, take, we took our money and we gave to buying that property. And uh, my parents-in-law were so angry. These children, at the beginning of their life, the money they had, they gave for building a, buying a house. Anka was about three years old. And uh, one day, I've got a call that one of the deposits in the bank win and we gain a brand new car for free. 
the price of the car was about 10 times the money we gave. And uh, when uh, Anka understood that she, because it was, was on her name, she win a car, she want a toy. For three years, she understood. But for us, this was a wonder God made with us as a family. So we decide then, we'll tell our children and our children's children the wonders of God. And it's not only this. I can stay the whole week telling the wonders God was done in our family experience with our children. It was once the, our second daughter, he, she had the bronchitis uh, uh, allergy and uh, she couldn't breathe at all. And um, she actually stopped breathing. And I had to run quickly to, to, uh, to bring some medicine. And uh, it was winter. It was snow, about three feet. And when I went out from the garage with a car, my car was blocked in the, in the snow. And uh, the other three, four people came and tried to help me to turn the car to push nothing. And I knew the seconds counts. And without anything, a young fellow appeared and took the back of the car, 3,000 pounds, back of the car and put on the rails and went and put, put the front of the car with me inside and pushed me. And when Sylvia wanted to say thank you, there was nobody. It was an angel. Did do God make wonders? Yes. He's doing. And we have, we have to have open eyes to see and to tell them to the children. And the children to tell them to their children. And this is why we try to communicate in such a powerful way that the kids, the young kids, have to be trained for the early, early age. From the beginning. Don't forget to sing to them. Don't forget to let them know God is powerful. And let them see the wonders of God. There is a special, very special uh, portion of this text and it starts on, on verse 5. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel. Uh, in, uh, in another translation, uh, it says he gave uh, testimony and the law. And uh, it gave testimony and law. And what's interesting, that theology follows the reality. It's not before. 
At the, on a Sundays, on the Sunday school, we try to teach the children theology or biblical lessons. Don't forget, the child will learn at the beginning, seeing in the family, and then understand theology. First is a reality, and then it's an explanation. God put this law among the children, among the children's Israel, but God put first an command to the parents to teach, to teach their children in understanding the principles of God. Why? Why do we have to teach our children? First, because not every child will pass through the same experience. It was Israel. Some Israelites passed the Red Sea and have the experience. Others benefit from manna in the wilderness. And not all, all the next generations after them will experience the same. So it, they have to teach. And it, it became a very interesting challenge for the Passover. The father has to bring together all the family and to tell every year, every year, to tell this to the whole family. What God did for them. And the secondly, which is more interesting, God is not counting our children as our property. When I brought Anka for her wedding, meeting Samuel, I said, God gave Anka me and Sylvia for a while. And now God asked me to give to someone else. So I'm obeying God. The children are just a trust from God to us for a while, for a time. And then we have to give back. The children, in reality, become part of a community. And the dedication, which will happen today, is just such an event where we recognize that these children is not just ours. And it's, it's a covenant community. And do it together. We have to uh, pray and to teach. It is uh, probably a time when uh, we, are not, uh, we are not very open to teach others' children. Oh, their parents have to teach them. Or Sunday school teachers have to teach them. We have to understand that we together, as a community, we have the obligation to teach everyone's children in the community. Everyone has a responsibility for everyone's children. This is what means to be a large family. A family with relationship, but also with obligation to teach them. So when we celebrate today, we celebrate a blessing 
God bless Adam and Eve in the garden and say, grow, multiply, and be over everything. It's a blessing. We are fulfilling the mandate of creation. We are fulfilling the mandate of beginning. And God wants to bless us, to bless everyone in this community. Now, I want to invite Anka and Samuel here with their children. Psalm 127, verse 3, proclaims that sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. Today, Samuel and Anka Clintock bring their newborn son, Lucas Nehemiah, presenting themselves first and then presenting Lucas Nehemiah before the Lord our God. This is a sign to the world that this child is given to the Lord since children are a gift from God. Now parents give back to God what is Him. And also this is a commitment of the parents to raise the child in a Christian home and, the and uh, teach uh, the law and the testimony of God to the child. Now I, I would like to ask them, Samuel and Anka, by coming forward before God and his people, do you ever be Declare your desire to dedicate yourselves and Lucas, Nehemiah to the Lord. Do you declare you'll teach him all the testimony of law, of law God asked? If so, please respond by saying, we do. And now, the church. Do we commit to support the Clintock family in their commitment before the Lord? and to pray and that when Lucas Nehemiah will be old enough he would respond to Christ in faith and repentance do you declare you'll teach him all the testimony and the law God asked if you do would you say a big amen, amen. it's an occasion to pronounce a special blessing on the child and uh, in Numbers, chapter 6, verse 22 to 27, we hear the following. And I will ask you to join saying amen when I will say the name of the baby. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you, Lucas, Nehemiah. Amen. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, Lucas, Nehemiah. Amen. Amen. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, Lucas, Nehemiah. Amen. Amen. 
And the Lord continued, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Let us pray. And I'll took Lucas on my hands. This time I'll not sing. <laughs> This time I'll pray for him and I'll present him uh, before our God. Please join with me standing up for this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, from the beginning of their creation, you choose to bless your creation, your people. And this morning we present to you Lucas Nehemiah as yours. It's not something we be proud with, but it's something you have to be proud with. So please help Samuel and Anka to be good parents, to teach him all the praiseworthy deeds you have done for them and for him, to teach him your power and to teach him how, wonder, uh, how you do wonders among and through them in your life. This morning, dear Father, I am blessing Lucas as it means light. Please make him a light for the whole church. Please make him a light for the world around him. Please make him a light for the family and make him a light for the school, for the people which will see his life. And also his name, Nehemiah, means comforted by Yahweh. So make him comforted in your grace. Every day in his life, take care upon him. For food, for things for his growth, for wisdom, and for uh, everything he needs. Please, you, take care and provide Samuel and Anka, and provide the whole church with the wisdom to teach him what you commanded us to do. In the name of Christ, we bless Lucas Nehemiah, and we bless all the people here, and we say, Amen. Please be seated.